Say, I qualify because I serve a great God. Come on now. You and I, greater things, greater things. God has just begun a work in us. Amen? It's not nowhere finished yet. And, and He's got a work to do in us and through us. In Jesus' name. Amen? Oh, hallelujah. Thank you, Brother Corey. Glory. Glory. If you would, open up your Bibles to our text that we've been trying to preach out of in the book of Titus. But I want to read something to you. I was laying here on this altar. And Brother Corey, this, uh, this is, I'm so thankful for your ministry. I'm thankful for the Holy Ghost and, and God's people. Amen. I was laying on this altar and I was praying in tongues and worshiping the Lord. And the interpretation kept coming back that, that my God is great. Come on, what were we were singing this morning? My God is great. And, and, uh, and then I heard the Spirit of God say, yes, I am great. I am the great God Almighty, but you need to live like it. Right. Sister Victoria, would you put uh, Luke 6.46 up on the, on, on the uh, PowerPoint, um, on the monitor? Uh, Luke 6.46, 6, Jesus said, why do you call me Lord, Lord, you know, and not do what I say? So, if, if uh, and why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not the things which I say? So, you and I, we've got to be in the place and the position when, when the Spirit of God brings a word to your heart, uh, the, it'll always agree with the Bible if it's, you know, and when, it, when He brings that word to you, it's yours. Amen, it's yours. And so, we need simply just to do what the Word says, what the Spirit is saying to you, the church. And, and so, uh, that's what we're going to... That's what we're going to talk about this morning. And, and I want you to believe with me that, that the great God Almighty that is in you, that He's going to set some things loose in your life. Amen? Amen. I believe it, don't you? Yeah. I want you to remember these five things, because this is what the Spirit of God said as I was laying on this altar. He said, I'm greater than any sin. People need to know that, because they're, they're, they're bound up in some things. He said, I'm greater than any sickness. Amen? He said, I'm greater than any stress that can be placed in your life. He said, I'm greater than any, now don't get mad at me, any slothfulness that might be trying to take over your life. And most importantly, he said, I'm greater than any area of your life that you're asleep in. Come on, the church, the great majority of the, in the church world, not the church, but the great majority of the church world is asleep. They're not even looking at what's happening. Come on, Bible prophecy is unfolding before our eyes right now. We're seeing things happening all around the world that is pointing to the, the fulfillment of the book of, taking us into the book of Revelation quickly and hurriedly. And you, need, you and I need to be in our place, in our position, where we say, Lord, what do you want me to do before that happens? Amen? The harvest is white. And you and I are called to clothe the naked, feed the hungry. Amen? We're, we've got a calling on our life, greater things, and we're going to be able to do it because we're going to open up the floodgates and get out of the way. Say, God, whatever you want, you do it. You're our source. Amen? But we'll get to that. Uh, Titus chapter 2. Uh, let's start reading in verse uh, number 11. Where we, uh, this was our text. Uh, I've never got to preach this the way that I, and I want to today, today either. But anyway, Titus 2 and 11, uh, and we'll read through the end of the chapter. If you're there, say Amen. For the God of grace that bringeth salvation hath appeared to all men, all mankind hath appeared. It's like the sun shining. The, you, know, you know if the sun is shining, whether your eyes are closed or not, you can feel it. Has appeared, has shined upon all mankind, doing what? Teaching us, training us up as a child, that denying ungodliness and worldly lust, that we should live soberly with a sound mind, we should live righteously uh, and godly, in this present world, in this eon, this age, looking for, having our eyes waiting, looking for that blessed hope and the glorious appearing, now mark this down, of the great God. That's what we were singing about worshiping this morning. The glorious appearing of the great God and our Savior, Jesus Christ, who gave Himself for us that He might redeem us from all iniquity. Come on, hallelujah. And purify unto himself a peculiar, a special people. Say, I'm special. Come on, you're special. A peculiar people, zealous of good works. These things speak, O oh glory, and exhort and rebuke with all authority. Let no man despise thee. Brother Donnie, would you pray?
Hallelujah. Aren't you glad that you and I, we have something to look forward to? We've got something to look forward to every day of our lives. Amen. Uh, Jesus is coming, that's for sure. And he's coming after a church that's without spot, wrinkle, and blemish. Because he's going to make you that way. Amen. It's not about us. It's about us yielding to his word. Amen. And letting his word have preeminence having the number one spot in our lives. So, uh, you know, we're always talking about looking uh, for the coming of the Lord, looking for Jesus, parting that eastern sky, and that's that's wonderful and that's great. That's our expectancy, our hope. But notice he said before Jesus, we need to, we've got to have a relationship with the great God. And the way that we have a relationship with the great God is through Jesus, through that sacrifice, through that uh, uh, that blood, that atoning blood, that redemptive process uh, where we, whosoever believes in his heart and confesses with his mouth, Jesus Christ is Lord, you know, you're saved and you have that relationship. You're restored back uh, to the way it was intended to be. You have a relationship with God the Father. So we're looking for that great God. And so this morning, I, I believe the Spirit of God is wanting us just to come back. Uh, you know, we ministered on this here a while back and we just barely tapped into it. He's wanting us to come back and be in awe of him how great he is. How great your God is. Right now we're seeing uh, so much confusion. We're, we're seeing such an attack of the devil uh, on uh, young people. Uh, I mean, it, it's, it's all through our school system. And, and, and they're, they're being ingrained to grow up in a godless society. They're being ingrained uh, to, to grow up uh, in not understanding dark from light, right from wrong, and all of these things. And, and so God's not going to put up with that. Now, it may look like that the devil is winning and his agenda is and so forth. But no, your God's greater. Your God's greater. And so that's what we're going to talk about this morning, where the, the, the Holy Ghost can come into our lives and show us just how great God is. Let's go to Psalms 95 and remind ourselves of some few verses of Scripture before we get into where we really want to go this morning. In Psalms 95, let's start at verse number 1. Psalms 95, verse number 1. O come, let us sing unto the Lord. Let us make a joyful noise to the rock of our salvation. See, if I'm in faith, I can do that. But if I'm not in faith, I, I, I get, instead of having a joyful noise in my mouth, I've got a down in the mouth. I, I have an attitude. I have a, 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 a little bit of fear that's working in me. And when that fear starts working in me, then I get depressed and then when I get depressed then I start getting anger all of these things and it starts taking me on a roller coaster on a direction that I don't want to go amen so I've got to step back and I've got to say wait a minute I've got a lot of feelings that's going on around me now the, the I, I, in the spirit I, I, I saw that the, the devil is, is vexing uh, the true church like never before and we got to understand what the word vex means because uh, when, when I hear that word, that's a little outside of my norm vocabulary. And so I was meditating on that. What do you mean, Lord? What do you mean that vexing like never before? And the word vex literally means, uh, in the Bible connotation, it means that you are being attacked by a mob. It means that the devil's not just coming at you in one direction. He's coming at you in every direction. And he's got a different uh, demon, a different imp, evil spirit, whatever you want to label them, that is working at you all the way around. And so, you know, used to, you and I, we could turn a little bit, we could find a little bit of relief. Right now, in this season we're in right now, the only relief is to keep looking to Jesus, keep speaking the word, keep speaking the name of the Lord on those situations, and binding them out of our life, because they're working overtime. I have never felt so much pressure uh, since I've been a Christian, amen? Uh, it, it's, a, it's a difficult uh, time, but guess what? Jesus overcomes every difficult time and he turns those, like that song that Brother Corey leads us in, he turns those things into our morning into dancing and all of those things. We've got to believe that. So this morning what we want to do is we want to sing by faith. We want to rejoice by faith. You may not feel like it. You may not want to do it. But just do it by faith and look what happens. 
Let us come before his presence with thanksgiving and make a joyful noise unto him with psalms. So when, when we, we say, well, I'm going to just do this by faith, then you and I, we can, we can truly be thankful because we can say, wait a minute, I can walk by faith and not by sight. The, the Bible's not a lie. It's the truth. Uh, in other words, when I walk by faith, uh, you know, I, I, my first step or two, my first word or two, the first time I raise my hand, the first time I get a, a little jump in my step, it's all by faith. But then God will meet me there because I'm showing him I'm thankful for what his word has said. I'm thankful for what he has done. I trust in that. I believe in that. Amen. And then all of a sudden he starts manifesting himself. Uh, I've been struggling getting alone with the Lord and having, uh, having the, uh, the liberty and the time that I wanted, uh, uh, that I needed, not just wanted, but needed. Amen. And, and, and Donna encouraged me. She heard a word from the Lord. She said, just go and, and, uh, and just do like you, you were doing. And I said, well, I've been doing that, but it hasn't been working. You ever felt like that? You know, I've been praying. I've been standing on the word. I've been, and it just hasn't been working. Well, it's working. It's just the devil is doing everything to steal that away from us. So we got to just keep walking by faith. And look what it, what happens when we finally get into his presence in this uh, act of a joyful noise. Verse number three. All of a sudden, the psalmist says, for the Lord is. What tense is that? Right now. Right. All of a sudden, the darkness, the lies what I'm feeling, what I'm struggling with, all of a sudden that starts bowing down and I start seeing my God is right now at this moment in my life. My Lord is a great God. That's what we were worshiping about. He's great. This word great means, it means great. It means the older, uh, because God is, he's the, the first entity. I mean, he's the only entity. He's the everlasting entity. God is God. Amen. And so he's the one. So my God is, is, is the great God, Gadol in the Hebrew. And there's none like him. And, and notice what it said. The psalmist says, for the Lord is a great God and a great king above all gods. So all of a sudden, when I uh, start worshiping the Lord in faith, even though I don't feel like it, and I start opening up my voice and start lifting my hands, all of a sudden revelation comes. Uh, revelation in my spirit comes and I see, wait a minute. Not only is my God a great God, but he's a great king. He's a great king. A, a king, what do they do? They rule and reign. And how do they rule and reign? They don't go out and do something. They speak. And whatever they say, that's what is done. Amen? And so you and I are going to look in a moment of time as the Holy Ghost leads us and how that applies to our life this morning. It, it, you and I, we've got to understand that that God made promises to Abraham. In Genesis chapter 13, he told Abraham, he said, you look. But not only look, where you walk, that's yours. He told the children uh, of Israel, when you cross over the, the river Jordan, he said, you go in and you possess the land. This morning, you and I, were to be able to have this victory, to have this provision of this great God, this great King, to let Him rule and reign in our life, in every situation, we've got to walk on some things. And we walk on things by the power of Jesus Christ, and we possess the land. We, we say, wait a minute, that victory over sin, that's mine. That, that victory uh, over sickness, that's mine. I'm going to possess that. That victory over stress. Come on, stress is killing people today. I mean, i never seen it. You look at people, they're hopeless. They come, the, the, the times that we give out food, there'll be certain people, you can tell. They, they have anxiety. They're, they're worried about what the future's going to hold. And we got to tell them about a great God, amen? He's the one. Uh, and uh, all of these other things, we'll get into it later. But he said, for the, uh, the Lord is a great God and a great King above all gods. Now notice this, verse 4. In his hand are the deep places of the earth, and the strength of the hills is his also. So I, I, I gotta, I gotta say, it doesn't matter the the, the earth, the the sea, everything is in the hand of the Lord. Oh, wait a minute! Jesus said in John ten, "I'm in the hand of the Lord." So if everything's in the hand of the Lord and He owns it all, and through Jesus Christ I'm a joint heir. Come on, it's going to be all right. The, the great God, the great King, the one is ruling and reigning. I choose to let Him rule and reign in my life. I choose to, to walk out His promises. I choose to possess what His Word says. It's going to be all right. It's, it's going to work. It's going to work out for your benefit, for my benefit. Go with me to Deuteronomy chapter 10. And we're just going to hit some high points here as we're working our place 
to where we want to be. In Deuteronomy chapter 10, we don't have time, of course, but you need to read chapter 9. Chapter 9 is all the rebellion of the children of Israel. You say, well, that's the rebellion of the children of Israel. Well, 1 Corinthians 10, 13 tells us that everything they did... So, I need to understand this is an Old Testament example to help me to learn from their mistakes. Amen? But I want you to get so excited. God, he, he, he listens to Moses pray. Uh, and Moses, he delivers uh, the children of Israel. He delivers Aaron. Uh, all, of, all of these things by prayer. Your prayers is making a difference. Amen? Your prayer is the deliverance. But chapter 9 is about rebellion, but chapter 10 is about God's mercy. Come on, we're living in the dispensation of grace. It's a time for you and I just to rest in the mercy of God. Come on, don't let your heart condemn you. The Bible says in 1 John chapter 3, uh, that down about verse 20, 21, somewhere in there, that if we let our heart condemn us, we're not going to receive anything from God. Guess what? Jesus has done been condemned for you. He took your condemnation. Now, Romans 8, 1, now there is no condemnation in you and I. Come on, because we're... In Christ Jesus, we're walking by the Spirit of the living God. So don't let your heart condemn you. Get the devil right now, he's bringing great condemnation on people to try to get them to pull away from God. God's arms has opened up to you. He's calling you. Jesus is calling you closer than you've ever been. Now look what happens. Here's how you and I are going to come to this place of, uh, of receiving this morning. Verse 16, uh, Deuteronomy 10, 16. Uh, Circumcise, therefore, the foreskin of your heart. Now, uh, you and I, we know that Paul goes into great detail in the book of Galatians, helping us to understand uh, about uh, the circumcision of the heart. And uh, so, but I want you to see here that the Old Testament type and shadow, it's very prevalent and it goes right along in the New Testament. God didn't say he was going to do it. You and I, we've got to circumcise our own heart. Now, what does that mean? Let me tell you what it means. Right now, there, there, there's things that's happening in my life. I, I'm seeing what uh, God is wanting to do. And I've got some foreskin on my heart that's saying, God, I, I'm glad that you want to do that. You go right ahead. But I, I, I just, I don't know how I can be a part of that. God doesn't show you something just to be showing you something. He shows you what he wants you to do. He shows you what he wants you to be a part of. So I, I, I've got to say, wait a minute, Lord. Okay, I see some things here. I got some foreskin here, and this has rendered my heart hard in this area. I, I'm I'm insensitive in this area because I've yielded to it. I've I put a bandaid on it. I, I put a scab on it. Come on, I, I've let it get stronger and stronger. So in the name of Jesus, I want that to come off. You help me to circumcise my own heart, my own attitude, my own understanding. I want my heart to be so. Don't you love the, the, the little children? You know, their, their, their heart is open. You know, uh, they'll, 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 they, they don't care that it's tell you the truth when you need to hear it. But also their heart's so sensitive to things that their heart is, it, it, they can pick up on things. They can walk in a room. Nobody said a word and they know what's going on. They know if mom and daddy's fussing or nan and papa or, or whoever. They, they, they know if things is going good. Uh, they, they, they know it. That's the way it's supposed to be for you and I. So what we want to do is this morning, there's some things in those those five S's that the Holy Ghost gave us, uh, uh, sin, sickness, stress, slothlessness, uh, uh, and sleep. There's some five areas, those five areas that you and I will be honest with each other. We've got a Band-Aid on our heart. We've got some foreskin there. We've got some damage there. We've grieved and quenched the Holy Spirit there in those areas. And He wants to talk to us about those areas. But we can't even tell He's talking to us. We're looking around like, I don't know who He's talking to. And He's knocking on my door. Amen? All right. He said, Circumcise therefore the foreskin of your heart and be no more stiff-necked. God wants us to be able to bow over before Him. Humbly hear his word. Humbly accept what he's saying. Amen. And if we'll do that, he's going to do a miracle. Amen. See, God is the God of miracles. But I've got to be in the place to receive the miracle. Uh, verse number uh, 17. For the Lord your God is the God of gods. Aren't you glad? 
and the Lord of Lords, a great God. Mark it down in your mind's eye, highlight it in your Bible. A great God, a mighty, he's powerful and terrible. He's, uh, he calls awesome uh, reverential fear, which regardeth not persons, nor taketh reward. In other words, God, God didn't move, but you and I sometimes, we like some people better than others. And we might treat them a little different. We better be careful. The book of James tells us about partiality and what pleases God and what doesn't, you know. And so we've got to be cautious about those things. But our God, He's not moved by that. He's moved just by His love, by His compassion, by His purity, by His holiness. That's your great God. And, and, and so I've got to step back and I've got to see that He told me to circumcise uh, uh, my heart. Now, here, your heart is your soul, your mind, will, and your emotions. It's not your spirit. And, and, and if I will do that, he said, then, he said that I, would, I wouldn't be stiff-necked. I, wouldn't, I, could, I could bow myself over. See, if you'll stop in your life, and if you'll look in your life where you're being led by your uh, body, which will lead your soul, you, you can see places that you're not satisfied in, places you're not content, places you're not blessed. Places you're not happy, all those things. Those are those are telltale signs. And so, what does that do? That tells you. Oh, wait a minute. First Thessalonians five twenty three said that the God of peace wants to sanctify me wholly, spirit, soul, and body. So if I'm I'm supposed to be led by my spirit, which will cause my soul then to influence my body. But right now, in some areas of my life, my body's doing the screaming. My mind's picking up on it and trying to get it to shut up. My spirit's back here going, what about me? I've got the word for you. I can't even hear it because my body's yelling so loud. My my mind is is, is going, okay, I've got to come in agreement with this. I've got to take care of this. We're talking about victory this morning. We're talking about deliverance and peace in areas that we've never experienced before. We'll just apply the word, amen? So God, my great God, is greater than my flesh. He's greater than my soul. And He lives in your spirit. Every believer's spirit, He lives in our spirit. And so we've got to fine-tune to be able to hear that. Now notice what it says. He doeth execute the judgment of the fatherless and the widow, and loveth the stranger in giving him food and raiment. See, uh, you and I, we've got a God who... No matter where you are at in society, no matter where I'm at in society, that he wants to meet our need. And then after he meets our need and gets us in a right, proper relationship with him, where we recognize him as the great God, the great king, then he wants to use us to meet these other needs. See, if if we're not focused on self, all of a sudden we're focused on the harvest. We're, We're focused on what the Savior's focused on. And when we're focused on what the Savior is focused on, then those little things that irritate us, those little things that limit us and hinder us, all of a sudden, they fall to the ground. And you and I, we're standing strong and tall in Jesus. Amen? Just because He's a great God, because He's a great King, He gives us victory and deliverance. Um, stay with me just a minute. He doeth execute judgment of the fathers and the widows and love of the stranger and giving him food and raiment, as we said. Love you, therefore, the stranger, for you were strangers in the land of Egypt. You know, we're seeing more strangers, quote-unquote, in this area. And uh, if, we're, if, if we're truly walking in the love of God, we're not going to look at them according to where they came from. We're going to look at them at where God wants to take them. Yeah. Amen? He wants to take them into a relationship with Himself. So the more strangers that you get in your life, instead of uh, looking at it as a negative thing, look at it as a positive thing. God is calling you to minister to them. God is counting you faithful. He's giving you a harvest field. He's giving you an opportunity. And so with that, what you and I have got to start doing, we've got to start saying, Father, in the name of Jesus, my natural ear may not be able to understand what's happening or what's being said. But by your spirit, because I'm circumcising my heart, because I'm not stiff-necked, I'm bowing over before you. When I talk to this person, I'm going to be able to understand them. I gave a lady a box of food yesterday, and uh, uh, she was getting stuff out of the blessing box. And so I took her a whole box of stuff, and, and she said, I don't take more than I need. You know, that's all she could say in English. That's all she said over and over. And I think that's the only words that she could say besides, she said, you scare me. 
But, uh, but the, the, the point is that we've got to be able to be in the place and the position where uh, that they may not understand a word. Like Brother Donnie talks about the, the people that he works with down there. They may not understand each other in the natural language, but they understand each other from the heart. That's what it's all about. And you and I can do that because what? We're circumcising our heart. You say, well, what has that got to do with me receiving these five things? Everything. Has anybody studied Isaiah 58 like I've been encouraging to for the last couple of years? Anybody? Isaiah 58. That's, that's how your healing comes. That's how your deliverance comes. That's how your victory comes when you live out of Isaiah 58. It's not the fast of food. It's the fast of doing what God wants you to do, being in your place in your time. And then God said, your health which is everything in about your life, would speed forth to you speedily. So if you're missing out on some things, if I'm missing out on some things, we need to step back and say, God, what do you want me to do? All right. Um, verse 20. Thou shalt fear the Lord, you shall reverence the Lord, Thou shalt him thou shalt serve, and to him thou shalt cleave and swear by his name. Now this is so important. You say, wait a minute. In the New Testament, Jesus said, swear not by heaven nor by earth. So, what are we talking about here? This word here is Sheba, and it's not swear. He said, thou shalt fear, reverence to the Lord thy God, and him shalt thou serve, and to him thou shalt cleave, and shall swear, shall Sheba by his name. You have to complete your own life. The word is complete. Complete your own life in his name. Jesus, that's the name that's all the Word of God. So when you and I learn how to speak Jesus, when we learn how to speak the Word over our life, we complete ourselves. Oh, come on. Don't tell me you're complete. The Bible says you are, but if you haven't filled your faith on that yet, if you ain't possessed that yet, if you ain't walked that out yet, then it's not yours. I've got to make it mine. I, I got some areas in my life that is just a total mess, okay? I'm not a bad confession. I'm giving it to Jesus, and I'm going to let him take my mess and turn it into a message, amen? I'm going to let him take my test that I'm going through and turn it into a testimony. All of these things for the glory of God. So I'm going to let him complete me. Now, stay with me, and, and we'll, we'll see how we can uh, bring all of this to pass, amen? You, go with me to... to uh, to Psalms 46. Let's do that. Psalms 46, I believe it is. And let's see how we can put our words in alignment with the Lord. Amen? Psalms 47. Psalms 47. Verse number 1. Psalms 47. My bad. Sorry about that. Psalms 47, verse number 1. Oh, clap your hands. Now, this is the only place I can find in the whole Bible that talks about clapping. Now, there may be another place, but there's the only place I've found. Oh, clap your hands, some of you people. What? You mean God's a God of all? He wants everybody involved? I don't really like that person. Exactly. My God's greater, ain't he? My God can take it. He can make the, take the odd and make it come together. He can take the rough and make it smooth. Amen? That's our God. Oh, clap your hands, all you people. What do we do? Shout unto the God with the voice of triumph. Now, you hold that word in your, in your mind, voice, voice. Hold that in your heart. I'm supposed to shout with the voice of triumph instead of cry the voice of defeat. Verse number 2. For the Lord Most High is terrible. He's awesome. His reverential awe is innumerable, unimaginable. He is a what? A great king over some of the earth. Even where I live? But I've got some problems in my area. Woo! That's it, Brother Henry. That's exactly right. That's why he's there. The Holy Ghost is lifting up Jesus in those areas like never before, right now, whether it looks like it or not. Amen? Amen. That's the truth. Hallelujah. 
All right, now think about this. The, the, for the Lord Most High is terrible. He's a great king over all of the earth. All the earth. Okay, I, I'm an inhabitant of the earth, and we've done seen that he has the, the hills in his hand. He has the sea in his hand. And John 10, he has me in his hand. So it's going to be okay. It, it's going to be all right. Now look what happens. Verse number 3. He shall subdue the people under us, mark this down, and nations under our feet. He shall subdue. Now, this word subdue is dabar in the Hebrew, and and it, it means to arrange, but it means to arrange by speaking words. How does the Lord have voice in the earth today? Come on, Brother Donnie. Our voice. We believe, therefore we speak. We are His mouthpiece in the earth. He's the head, but we're His mouthpiece. We're His hands, we're His feet. So, right now, now listen by the Spirit of God. Whatever, notice what He said. Whatever people, and and take, take people for not a person, but what they have done in your life. The hurt that they have brought uh, the, 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 the resentment that they've caused, the, the mistrust that they may have planted in your life. Take the, uh, the, the action that they have put in your life and say, no more will that dominate me. No more will that have authority over me. No more will that have victory in my life because my God, He shall subdue that under me. But I've got to see my role in that. And notice what He said. He said, and the nations under our feet Nations here is simply a, a word uh, that that really, for us to understand it without going into great detail, it's just the whole spectrum of people that don't believe in God. So everything that is coming against you in the world today, God wants you and I to see that He can subdue it. He can arrange it with words to be underneath your feet. But you've got to give voice to the victory. Notice what it said. Now, uh, jump back up to verse 1. Oh, clap your hands, all you people. Shout unto the God with the voice of triumph. The voice of triumph. So, what do we do? We start saying what the Bible says. We start saying what Jesus done for us. And as we shout that out, all of a sudden, the way that the enemy gets subdued under your feet, the way the enemy gets subdued under my feet, is that we're speaking out what Jesus accomplished on the cross at Calvary. We're coming in agreement with the Word. The Bible said we're too agreed as touching any one thing. It shall be done. We're coming in agreement with the Holy Ghost. Amen? And as you come in agreement with Him, that all of a sudden, newfound victory, newfound liberty. A newfound reality of who you are. You're not those old labels. You're not those misrepresentations that the the, the spirit of the Antichrist, the the lying imp from hell, has tried to place on you. Come on, you're a blood bought, blood washed child of the living God. Amen. You have a destiny. Now notice what it says in verse number four. He shall choose our inheritance for us. Will you, lady? He shall choose. Come on, the Bible says in Romans 8, as we done alluded to earlier, that you are an heir of God and a joint heir with Jesus Christ. Will I let God choose my inheritance? See, I, we had a choice, you know. We had a little bit of money. And, and, and everybody come together and, and, we, and, and we, we bought this building. And bought it in faith, by faith. And we, and we, and we took that little bit of money and, and, and put it in God's hands. And say, God, it's yours. If this is what you want, this is what we're going to do. And so, all of a sudden, that little bit of money that each of us had, and that little seed that we had, we put it in His hands, and He gave us this inheritance. But it's not just a piece of ground. It's not just a building. It's a spiritual influence into this whole area. Amen? So that's how we accept His inheritance. We, we say, God, I'm not going to trust in self. I'm not going to trust in laying my treasures here. I'm going to lay my treasures on the other side. I'm going to trust in you. I, I, I'm going to give what I've got to you. I'm going to give you my time. I'm going to give you of my, my resources. Most importantly, I'm going to give you my heart. Because when you give Him His heart, then that makes everything else possible. Amen? 
All right, so notice what the promise is. When you and I are in this place, he shall choose our inheritance for us, the excellency of Jacob, whom he loved. Come on, Jacob simply means uh, that you and I, uh, we are all of the father of faith, Abraham, but we're in, uh, in Abraham, come on, and Isaac and Jacob. We're in this, in this realm. And he, notice what he says. He says, uh, whom he loved, Selah. And the reason why he picked Jacob out, because you and I, we've got problems just like Jacob had. But all of a sudden, when we had an encounter with God, we may have limped away from that encounter in the flesh. But in the spirit, we weren't limping anymore. We were walking. We were running. We were jumping for joy. Because when the flesh was put down, when it was limited, all of a sudden, the things of the spirit... You know what I'm talking about, don't you? All the things in the spirit got set free. See, Jacob, he wrestled with the Lord all night. And when the morning come, the Lord says, you got to let me go. Come on, the angel of the Lord, it's coming daylight. He wouldn't do it, so the angel of the Lord touched his thigh, touched his hip, touched that sinew, and dried it up so he could win that battle. That's how steadfast Jacob was. And so he walked the rest of his life in the natural with a limp, but in the spiritual, he's running. Come on, now I want to see you. I want you to see yourself in the spirit. You are running and leaping in for joy like never before because you have a great God, a great king that is operating in your life. Amen? All right. Sister Victoria, would you put First Peter 3, 18? So your, your, your God is greater. He's wanting to subdue, subdue some things underneath your feet, my feet. He's wanting us to possess some promises. For Christ also hath once suffered for sins. Now, that means that you and I don't have to suffer for Him anymore. No more. Don't let the devil condemn you. Don't think that you're, you're having to pay for something. We couldn't pay for nothing. Only a sinless Lamb of God could pay for something. For Christ also hath once suffered for sins, the just for the unjust, that He might bring us to God. The great God. Come on, the great King. Being put to death in the flesh, but quickened by the Spirit. So that's what's happened to you and I. The flesh is now dead. We're picking up our cross daily. And it's going to scream and holler all the way to the coming of the Lord. But you and I, we're going to make, keep it nailed to that cross. And we're letting the Spirit quicken us. Come on, you're being quickened. You're being made alive. Day by day. Tomorrow you're going to know more than you do today if the Lord tarries. Amen. You're going to get stronger. Okay, so Jesus has paid for sin. So don't let the devil put any labels on you when he comes back and go, boy, you're a liar. I don't know who you're talking about. You looking in the mirror, boy? I'm not a liar. Whatever. You know, you, 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 we've all got situations and circumstances. Remind the devil of who he is. Don't let him run over you. So... Uh, We know it, but let's read it anyway. First Peter 2.24. So you and I, we want to possess this victory over sin, but we've got to possess uh, uh, our victory for sickness. We, we've got to believe it's not about us, but it's about what Jesus done because of, of His provision for us. Here Peter's quoting Isaiah 53. But read it, because faith comes by hearing, hearing by the Word of God. Who His own self, Jesus, bear our sins, thank the Lord, He carried them for us, in His own body on the tree. So he took every sin that would bring sickness and death in my life, he took and he carried it on the cross. In other words, everything that I would ever do in my life, Jesus took it and he hung it on his cross. For me. Can you imagine? Just for me. That's how much he loves me. Why will I not draw near to him? I will because I can, because that's how much he loves me. Nothing's going to keep me out of His presence. Nothing's going to keep you out of His presence. That we being dead to sin should live. Come on, you're alive forevermore. That we should live under righteousness by whose stripes you might be healed. Come on. Why do we put a mind in there? Why do we put a question mark? Now, Okay, we better do that. Matthew, Matthew eight sixteen to start with. 
Notice in the ministry of Jesus, I've got to read this to understand 17. And when the evening was come, they brought unto him many that were possessed with devils, and he cast out the spirits with his what? You and I are supposed to speak what? The word. And healed some that were sick. How many? Hmm. Well, okay, so Jesus has changed. Hebrews 13, 8 says Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Right? Amen? Come on. Verse 17, Sister Victoria. That it might be fulfilled. So this is a prophetic utterance. This is fulfilling Isaiah that was written 740 years or so, at least 700 years before the fact. That it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet, saying himself, Jesus, took our infirmities and bare our sicknesses. So he bore my sin, but see, sin brings sickness. It brings death. But Jesus carried it on his cross. So why would I want to carry it today? There's no need in me carrying it, amen? So I've got to learn how to possess this. Now, you say, why are you saying all this? Because I'm trying to learn how to possess some things I don't have. I'm trying to learn how to walk out some things I don't have yet. I'm believing God. I'm trusting God. You and I, we preach the truth. We talk the truth. We're going to have the truth. There's no use in dancing around it. You and I, we need to come in and embrace the full gospel because that's who we are. We are full gospel people. I'm not talking about a denomination. I'm talking about we believe the whole Bible. Amen? All right. Where was I? Isaiah, Isaiah, Isaiah. So, if, if God spoke something forth through Isaiah in 700, 740 years, whatever, uh, it comes to pass exactly. You and I, we need to stir ourselves up to some things that God's promised us. It does, don't, let's don't think about what didn't happen yesterday. Let's think about what's going to happen today. Amen? Let's don't put God in a box saying, well, you know, uh, that's, that's what I did about being baptized in the Holy Ghost. I put God in a box and, and, and I lost 15 years tied up in a box. I, I don't want to be in a box, do you? I, I want to be in the Lord. <laughs> um. In the book of Proverbs, chapter 12, verse number 5, it says, The thoughts of the righteous are right. See, so many times the, 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 the Spirit of God will put something in our spirit, and our spirit will start talking to our soul, our mind, will, and emotions, and we'll, we'll, we'll start getting hopeful. You know, faith will start working, and we start getting encouraged, and then the devil will come, and, and he'll start trying to put the light out. He'll start trying to put the bushel over, over that light. He'll start trying to bring discouragement. But you've got to stand up and you've got to say, wait a minute, the thoughts of the righteous are right. Well, the Bible says in, in 2 Corinthians 5.21 that Jesus Christ was made sin, that you and I could be made righteous. So our thoughts are right. So when the devil starts coming against you, you go, well, God will heal somebody else, but he won't heal me. God will deliver somebody else from sin, but he won't deliver me. We've got to say, no, wait a minute, that's not right. God's don't respect our persons. So I'm not going to accept that. So the thoughts of the righteous are right, but the counsel of the wicked, and notice it was plural, the counsels of the wicked are deceit. So uh, any, the devil is the original wicked one, amen? And so we need to be in the place where we, where we hold on to that reality and we cast every other thought down, amen? Drop down to verse 25, Sister Victoria. Let's talk about stress. And we can look at many places. We can look in the book of Philippians chapter 4. But let, let's read a verse that we might not be familiar with. Proverbs twelve twenty five. Heaviness, this is, this is stress. This is oppression. This is, uh, 
it, it's oppression that's brought on by stress. Heaviness in the heart of man maketh it stoop, but a good word maketh it glad. So I, every day of my life, when I, I'm gonna, when I wake up, when you wake up, we're gonna have an opportunity. We're gonna either hear a good word, or we're gonna hear a bad word. And I don't know about you, but uh, it seems like that. The devil doesn't play fair. I mean, it seems like he's bringing the bad words even in your sleep. You know, and, and before you even wake up, he's done been beating you on the head and he's done been whispering things in your ear, trying to get a stronghold. So I've got to step back and I've got to say, now, wait a minute. A good word maketh it glad. Right now, I, I, as I'm starting my day, I, I don't feel glad. I, I feel heaviness. I, I, I feel... I feel stressed about what this day is going to hold. I feel stressed about how I'm going to take care of myself, take care of my family. I, I feel stressed about what's going to happen. So I need a good word. So what i got to do then, I say, in the name of Jesus, mind you be still. I command you. I take authority over you right now. I plead the blood of Jesus over my ears, not just my natural ears, but my spiritual ears. And I ask you, Holy Ghost, to give me a word that will make me glad. In other words, give me a word that is truth. And when he gives you that word, then all of a sudden, you can stand up. And you just, when if you start shouting that word, it, it'll be right opposite of what you're feeling or what you're seeing. And, and when you start speaking that word forth, the devil's not going to hang around. Now, sometimes he hangs around longer than others. But don't be discouraged. Just keep saying. And just, even though you don't feel like it, see, happiness is external, but joy, glad... Glad, uh, a gleesome, is from the inside. So let the devil know what you got on the inside of you. Amen? And, and that takes away his ability to, to hinder and hurt you. Amen? Now, in the same book of Proverbs, I think it's in 1915. Let's look at something. Slothfulness. Is that right? Yeah. Okay. Thank you, Sister Victoria. Slothfulness. This is the other S that I heard. Out of these five S's, this is number four, right? Slothfulness casteth into a deep sleep. See, we see how this ties in with the last one with sleepiness in number five. But slothfulness casteth into a deep sleep, and an idle soul shall suffer hunger. So what the devil wants to do, he wants to browbeat us and get us to where we don't talk to the Lord where we don't open our Bibles, where we don't open our heart, where we, do, where we don't uh, allow, we, we don't push through. And, and we get just a little slothful, a little lazy in that area. You say, well, uh, I, I just don't feel like it today. Now, I'm not talking to you, I'm talking to me. So don't, you know, I just don't, I, I, I've been doing this and doing this and, and I'm not seeing the results that I want. I'm not seeing the victory that I want and all of these things. And so I, I just... I don't know if I'm going to do it or not. No, I've got to push through. Because you don't know when you're at that point where you're almost ready to give up, that's when you're at the closest point to victory. I mean, you're right there. You're right at the door because that's when the devil puts everything he's got because he's trying to stop you from breaking through. But, I mean, you're almost through. I mean, picture uh, sticking your finger on a plastic bag. You know, and as you push on that Walmart bag, you can see your finger getting the color of your skin coming through that white Walmart bag. Because why? Because you're almost through. That's where you're at. And you've got to believe that. So i got to make sure that I don't stop. Because see, if I stop and I don't push through, he said it would, I would be put to sleep. Well, I just come out of a sleep where the enemy was beating me up. I don't want to go back to sleep. I, I want to be awake in the Lord, don't you? I, 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 want, to, I want to hear what he's got to say from me. So, uh, I think it's Romans 13, 11, or, yeah, thank you, Sister Victoria. Romans 13, 11, he gives us this command, and that knowing the time, right now, we're, this is the time, this is the, the karyos moment, that now is high time to awake out of sleep, for now is our salvation nearer than we believed. We're so close. Uh, uh, the, uh, you know, we've all got our own imaginations. There's nothing wrong with that. But I, I want you to just imagine Gabriel uh, or whoever standing there ready to blow the trumpet. 
And, and I want you just to imagine, uh, and you may not agree with this, and if you don't, that's fine. Uh, but I'm a firm believer that that we're, that heaven is not some place that's way off up here. Heaven is right here because heaven is wherever God is. It's just in a different realm. It's just like pushing through like I was talking about. And, and so in a moment in twinkling eye, you and I are going to be called up. We're going to be called up in the clouds. Look the word clouds up. It's not clouds. It's a breath of life. You're going, you're going to be changed and you're going to come into a breath of life. You're going to have your incorruptible body. It's going to be instantaneous. It's going to be amazing. But it's, it's, it's so close. It's so near. And the, 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 the wall uh, that is between us and that is getting thinner every day because prophecy is being fulfilled. So you and I, we've got to say, now wait a minute, I've got to make sure I'm awake. I don't want to be asleep about anything. I want to be, it's high time that I let the Spirit of God wake me up. I let the great King, the great God, uh, have victory over my life, even in the areas that I might be asleep about. And you say, now why are you talking about this? Because simply stated, there is a great portion uh, uh, of those in the church world that, that they're, they're not concerned about anything but getting to heaven. Thank God we, we want to get to heaven. That should be our uh, on our heart. But just as much of my heart ought to be somebody over here, somebody over here, somebody back here, somebody over here that doesn't have a chance to go to heaven. See, if I know that I have believed in the heart and confessed with the mouth, if I know that my, my home is in heaven, my home is on that other side, then I need to make sure then that I bring everybody with me that I can. So I need to wake up and say, Lord... Where am I asleep at in the harvest? Where am I asleep at in what you would have me to do? Where am I asleep at in this time? Right now, we, we've got all this going on in Russia and Ukraine, and we've got Christians that are praying, and they don't even know what they're praying. They're not praying by the Spirit. They're praying by their own will. And, and I, I tell you, if you don't know what to pray, either pray in the Spirit or don't pray at all. Don't make it worse. And that's the way we need to be with each other. Sometimes we don't know what to pray. Let's just pray in the Spirit. Amen? Because otherwise we're going we're gonna to hurt some things. But that's another thing for another time. Now I want to close with Psalms 136. And I want you to, to have this great victory in your life as we leave here. I'm going to read verse 1 and then we're going to drop down to verse 17. Verse number 1 says, Psalms 136 and 1. Oh, give thanks unto the Lord, for He is, present tense, He is good, and His mercy endureth forever. God's mercy is renewed every morning. Jeremiah tells us that, so don't back up. Because the devil says, oh, you've wore out God's mercy. You can't do it. Now drop down to verse 17. I want you to remember those five S's that we just looked at. The great God, the great King, He wants to help you to rule and reign in those areas this morning. But look at verse 17. To him which smote great kings, for his mercy endureth forever. Every little K is under the big K. The king of kings, amen? And so he, right here, I want you to notice, he smote great kings. Now this word smote means that God put his hand on them and said, enough. So I need to start. Remember, how does God have voice in the earth? How does he subdue my enemies under my feet? I need to put my hand in the name of Jesus. And it's not my hand, but I'm his hand in the earth. And I say, enough. The Lord deal with you. Come on. In Jesus' name. Now look what happens. Verse 18. And he slew famous kings. And this word slew literally means what you think it means. In other words, you and I, we need to put to death, in Jesus' name, some things. That king is something that's trying to rule and reign over you. Jesus is your king. He, he's your Lord. He's your Savior. He's your master. He's your all in all. Amen? So you put your hand and you say, no, in Jesus' name, you're dead to me. Come on, if something's dead to you, it has no impact on you. Devil, you're, this area is not going to rule and reign in my life anymore. I'm going to possess the land. I, 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 oh, I feel it. I feel that under my feet in Jesus' name. Come on, you, you got it by faith. You, you see yourself in the body of Christ. And so that means that you're in the feet of Jesus. And it's under His feet. So it's under 
Verse 19. Sihon. Sihon means warrior. So everything that is warring against you. Everything. You say, uh-uh. You, you, you either say, stop it, or you slew it, however you want to do it, whatever the Spirit of God would lead you to do, and you put that warrior, that thing that is warring against your life, you put it under the feet. You say, I have victory because of Jesus. Amen. But you've got to do it. I've got to do it. Amen. We have, God has gave us the ability. Sihon, the king of the Amorites, for his mercy endureth forever. So it's God's mercy that you can do this. See, this literally happened in the Old Testament that you and I can do it in the New Testament. The types and the shadows. Joshua, as they took the land. Uh, Verse 20. In Og. Og means giant. A big, round, long-necked giant. If there's anything that you're trying to look and something is standing and you can't see over it, it's time for it to fall down. It's time for it to go underneath your feet. There's some giant in your life that that has dominated you, that has controlled you, that has spoke even like Goliath did and caused the whole armies of Israel to bow down and to shiver. You have a shepherd boy. You've got a David. You've got the David. Come on, Jesus the Christ in your life. And with those five smooth stones, that number of grace, Goliath fell down. But David had to cut his head off. You and I have got to cut the head of the giant off in Jesus' name. Amen. And Og, the king of Basham, for his mercy endureth forever. Now, Basham means fruitful. See, there's some things, the reason why the devil is coming against you in certain areas, he doesn't want you to be fruitful in that area. He doesn't want you to be blessed. And so until you and I take care of uh, this long-necked, big round giant in our life, in that area, we won't have the fruitfulness that God wants us to have. I'm not talking about you. I'm talking about me. I want to be blessed, don't you? I want the fruit to come out of my life. Well, I, I, I got to do what Jesus said. Remember Luke six forty six. Why do you call me Lord, and not do what I say? Okay, just a couple more. Here's what will happen when we do this. Uh, God, He gave their land for a what? A heritage. What's a heritage? An inheritance, right? Come on, an inheritance. For his mercy endureth forever. Say, well, how does that tie in? Colossians chapter 2. Jesus went and led captivity captive. And he took the spoil away from the devil. And he gave it back to the church. That's your inheritance. That's your inheritance. That's your heritage. Amen. But see, the devil, you've got to make sure that, that, that Og falls. You've got to make sure that you can come into this fruitful place. And the way you can come into it is you give voice to the Word of God. Amen? Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for your goodness, your grace, your mercy. Lord, right now, I know that you want to work in at least these five areas, and there may be more. But I ask that you just give us boldness to act on what we've heard this morning. And Lord, if there's any sin, any uh, little secret sin, any uh, sin of omission, sin of commission that is trying to hinder us and hurt us, let us put it underneath your feet. If there's any uh, uh, sickness that is trying to dominate our life, let us put it under your feet, under our feet. Let us give voice to your word. Let us subdue it. If there's any area in our life that we're stressed out, we're heavy in heart, we're heavy in mind, uh, let us possess the land. If there's any situation where uh, today that we just feel like that we're, we're slothful, we're, we're, we're lacking in some area of our life, let us be quick and let us show us how we can work in that area. And let us not be sleepy, but let us be awake, Father. Let us come awake like never before. Let us awake to the right things, the righteousness, and bring it to pass. Well, we ask you, Father, in the name of Jesus. Would you boldly come this morning and just say, Lord, here I am. I, I, I want to possess the land in a new place, in a new area of my life today that I've never possessed before. I, I want to give you the opportunity to speak in me and speak through me where I can open my mouth and I, I can see anything that is trying to giant itself over me, anything that's trying to be a, a, a king over my life, that's trying to rule and reign me. I want to give it to you. Would you, would you come this morning and say, Lord, this is my day? 
This is my day. This is my time. I, I accept it. I receive it. 